Blog Talk Radio. I would like to tell folks, man, if you're going to point a finger at the protesters, at the looters, at the rioters, whatever you want to call them, before you point a finger at them, point every other single finger you got back at America. This is what happens when a country promises liberty and justice for all, but only gives you liberty and justice for white folks. This is what happens when one of the wealthiest countries in the world doesn't understand the plight of the poor and the have-nots. You got 40 million people out of work, unemployment, the highest it's been since the Depression era. People have been cooped up in the house for the past few months waiting on stimulus checks. Yet during this whole process, we continue to watch the rich get richer in this country. And not to mention, ain't no good going to come to America until they do right by black folks. Period. You can't continue to brutalize and kill the descendants of God's children that built this country. Do you understand what that does to us, you know, mentally and emotionally? All this country needed was a reason, and America has given black people 400-plus years of reasons to go crazy. I'm actually shocked that we didn't snap a long time ago. This country continues to deny us equality, justice, and just plain decency, you know? And between folks of all races being broke because of the incompetence of leadership in this country, between black people being broken because of hundreds of years of dealing with racism and bigotry in this country, what you have right now is a perfect storm, a perfect storm of people who are just ready to burn this white supremacist society to the ground. And America earned every bit of this. This is America's karma. You know, you wonder why so many black folks have a problem with patriotism. It's because how can we salute a country that enslaved us and continues to brutalize us? That was the whole point of Colin Kaepernick taking the knee. And, and by the way, America, Colin showed you the most peaceful, respectful way to protest. And y'all didn't like or respect yes, did. that either. So, so now since the you know, things he was kneeling for continue to happen, the only language they're they going to understand, I guess, is revolt. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call and talk to us tonight. LL Sports 2 with TJ. I am your host, TJ. And we are bringing you the show tonight in a different, uh, different way. Uh, town town hall format tonight, um, being black in America, why can't we breathe? Um, you just heard from Charlemagne uh, the, the King, um, 
or Charlemagne the Don, I'm sorry. Uh, y'all forgive me. Uh, this is going to be a fluid motion tonight, um, so just different format. But, um, again, that was Charlemagne speaking on first take this past Monday uh, in regards to, you know, just his thoughts and on uh, America and its karma coming back and then the fact that Colin Kaepernick tried to protest back in 2016 by taking a knee. And these are the exact reasons, um, the, the premise, the, the motivating factors of why he was trying to protest or why he was protesting and wanted people to understand what he was protesting about. And now you've seen it come full circle. So tonight we just want to open up, uh, open up the, the studio, open up the, the, the format, the platform, for anyone to call in. Again, 347-826-7924 is the number to call. I will be bringing the ladies in. There will be no music. Uh, we will have Lucinda's lyrics. But no music tonight. We just want to have some open and honest dialogue. Uh, I promise that this is a safe, uh, you know, zone for you to be honest. Um, all I ask is that uh, we all be respectful, uh, respectful in what, how we bring it, and then we will be respectful in what you bring to the table um, because everyone has a voice. Everyone has their opinion. No opinion is right or wrong. I mean, it's just how you are being affected, how what you are seeing in the streets, what you have seen uh, transpire on national television. I mean, we have, uh, I, don't, I don't know if many people have, but we have witnessed a murder on television um, thanks to the 17-year-old young lady who captured the murder of George Floyd on her iPhone. So, again, uh, open up the floor to all who want to call in and talk about it. You'll be hearing different audio clips throughout the show. Um, but, again, this is a safe area, safe zone. I want everyone to know that. Uh, and I welcome everyone, black, white, Hispanic, um, Asian. Um, but I really would like to hear from our white brothers and sisters because just like we know, all cops are not bad. In every dynamic, in every demographic, in every stretch and walk of life, you have bad apples. But they should not outnumber the good. And I think we have seen on demonstration night after night that we do have some wonderful officers out there to protect and serve. We have seen police chiefs, mayors, governors, outright say that what happened to George Floyd is murder. You have never, I've never seen that in my lifetime, where you have people in uh, political arenas, environments, people that hold high prestigious, um, uh, you know, forms of office, and they are calling it murder. Um, before I bring the ladies in, though, I do want to say, and just like the Attorney General, uh, Mr. Nielsen, uh, of Minnesota. This is going to take time. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And what we don't want is a rush to charges or a rush to judgment. They only have one opportunity to get this right, y'all. This is unprecedented territory that they are entering, filing murder, federal, uh, I'm sorry, felony murder charges against a police officer. So they must do it right, which means they must have the time in order to get their case together. So um, I know that they've already spoken to the, to the Floyd family. I hope that they are in agreement with that. And just America, we must be understanding and patient as this process unfolds. With that, I'm going to bring the ladies in. 
tonight. The one moment here. I think we are with the Gleason Threesome tonight. Aunt Lou, Terry, are you with me? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. How you doing, ladies? Good wonderful. evening, ladies. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. So, uh, again, we started off the show with uh, Charlemagne the God. Uh, he is one of the hosts of the Breakfast Club. And, um, ladies, did you, uh, you know, want to uh, uh, say, <laughs> if I cut anybody off tonight, please don't charge it to my, to my heart. We're just like, you know, we're going to be uh, under some time constraints, you know, getting close to the end. Uh, but we want, like I said, we want to make sure that we get everybody in. So we, you know, we pray that, uh, or I ask that you know, you do call in three four seven eight six seven nine two four. Press the number one, and I will bring you right in. But just make sure, you know, to be precise, be concise uh, with you with your thoughts, so that we can make sure to get everybody in. Okay. Um, all right. So with that, ladies, uh, we're gonna start with um, we'll start with Carrie, and just um, you know, just overall thoughts on what you, uh, what Charlemagne had to say, um, and then just. So, any thoughts about uh, breaking news that you've heard today or just your overall thoughts? Well, I, I didn't really hear the first, you know, the part of the clip. I was running just a few minutes late, and I apologize for that. But my overall thoughts of everything that's going on, my heart is hardened, truly hardened. I have, I am the grandmother of four young black men. And just the thought of them going out into the world daily, daily, that mm-hmm. something like this could happen to them. You know, and to have to sit and have a conversation mm-hmm. with young black men ranging from the age of 3 to 15, mm-hmm. you know, to have this type of conversation with them. Right. And it just hardens. You know, and then, you know, to to see um, what's going on with our people of color, you know, is so hardened. You know, you you can't really find the words for it. Right. The words to describe it because it, we, as I said, we are all America. America is made of all colors, not just brown-skinned people, um, black-skinned people. It's white. Latino, it's everybody. Mm-hmm. But for our race to be chosen, I say chosen, what people may say picked upon, chosen, you know, for things like this balance to continue to happen, it's right. it's, it's just hard. It, it hurts me to my heart to, you know, even think about it because right. just with my 15-year-old, He's probably more at stake here than, you know, the the nine-year-old, the six-year-old, you know, to go out and hang out with his friends, to be in the street, to go in a store. Someone come by, and all of a sudden, you know, someone's running out of the store, and he may be the one because he was in that area when it happened. Okay. You know, because you, a crime is committed, and if you're there, you're just as guilty as the person that committed the crime. Exactly. You know, and for my heart goes out to the family because when I saw the video of George Floyd, the police officer having his knee down on his neck and to hear a grown man cry out, I can't breathe. But most of all, his call out to his mother, 
called out to his mother, and his mother is deceased. That's wrong. It's right. wrong. Exactly. I know. I got you. Uh, hey, Lou? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I um, pretty much uh, agree with uh, Miss Terry. Uh, I can't even imagine that because I only have a one son. I have a son and a daughter, 26-year-old son and 24-year-old daughter. Thank God Daniel has lived past 25, especially in America at this point. Seem like they're killing them before they hit 25. Uh, and so I'm daily praying over my children, you know, even though I might not see them, I'll be with them, but every day I pray over them, you know. And um, I just wouldn't wish that on any mother, you know, or anyone, you know, because even though his mom was gone, but, you know, I'm sure that she she saw it, you know, be, you know, watching it and stuff. And I just, um, you know, I just I just think it's, it's very sobering and it's sad that, you know, that, that, that we as people uh, have become animals instead of people because, you know, uh, and I say animals because, you know, some, some animals are heartless and cruel and just mean and they just, you know, might rip you apart and stuff like that. Like dogs. They have these dogs attacking the black men and stuff. The dogs just be biting. They don't, you know, see anything. And, you know, for for we as people to act like animals, you know, to and, and hating our brothers and, you know, black brothers. I mean, it's just it's pitiful. It's It's shameful. And I know God is probably looking down and shaking his head like, you know, what is wrong with you guys? When are you going to get it together? I mean, if if, if nothing else, I mean, you you got to see the in, inhumanity of it or you got to see just uh just the 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 the, 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 the you know, it's just bad. It's it's so severe. And, and, you know, to, you go from one extreme to the other, and you don't even see where it's wrong. And anybody that try to justify it and stuff, it just makes you wonder about them and what's going on in their heart. So, you know, I just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still, uh, you know, reeling from it all. And, uh, you know, it's just, just and praying, because that's all I can do is just, I see stuff, I watch and pray, just watch and pray. And just and pray that it just gets better. And it's starting to slowly, but surely, slowly. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. Make sure that you press the number one so that I can bring you in. I see a couple of numbers um, on the time. There we go. <laughs> All right, yeah, make sure that you press Amen. the number one when you when you call in. Um, otherwise, I can't bring you in, okay? We got our first caller here, and we're going to go to the phone lines. Um, real quick, Reginald, Gen- Reginald, I see you. He says, second-degree murder only carries a max of 40 years, right? Hashtag unfair. Seek the death penalty. The other three can receive up to nine years. Actually, uh, Reginald, because the uh, other officers were charged with uh, aiding and abetting with a second-degree uh, felony murder charge, they are actually subject to the 40 years as well. So all four of the uh, former officers, if convicted, will be facing up to 40 years, all right? And with that, okay, we're going to go ahead and jump to the phone lines here. Don't forget, y'all give us a call, 347-826-7924. Make sure to press the number one. It's a town hall format tonight. We want to hear from you, your thoughts and opinions. Here we go. Let's see. All right, six seven eight eight nine eight. You are on with the ladies of sports. Give us your name and where you're calling from. Greetings, lady. Janice Green, exclusive, Atlanta, Georgia. 
evening. Hello? What's on your mind? That's my big sister. Yeah. I'm trying to be professional. You know, this last week has been, uh, it's a dark time in, in the world. It really is. You know, the world is sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, just Saturday, I was with um, a loan officer that's been working for me. I've been in the business of real estate. I'm in real estate for 24 years, and she's been working for me at least 20 years, closing my deals. So, you know, uh, we, we we got together and we were talking, and so her whole thing was, uh, it's just terrible what's going on. I'm just tearing up everything and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. And it, it was just like, I mean, I had to catch myself. Because what I said to her, I said, um, uh, we should be concerned about lives as we are properties. And so she said, uh, well, Denise, Denise, what are you telling me? Are you, are you condoning violence? I said, no, not at all. I said, um, but I don't know what is a, a proportional response to mass murder. Because for the last 400 years, we've been killed. I said, justice is a right according to the Constitution, and I told her that, uh, you know, we learned violence from white America because, as I recall, 99 years ago in two days, um, you know, the the wealthiest black community in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in Greenwood District, known as the Black Wall Street, the wee hours of the morning on June 1st, 1921, was looted and burned by white rioters, and you know she didn't. She didn't know it. I said, you know, this is nothing new. I said, you know, it's just because it's being, you know, the tables are being turned. I mean, what else can they do? Do you realize we are being killed? We as people are being killed, and you worried about properties. But mm-hmm. today, I do want to say, in 2020, stop burning down stuff that we built, because all you're doing is sending them to their insurance companies, and they're going to, you know, come back stronger than they were. Mm-hmm. And I have to say this. You're not bothering anybody that's rich until you start messing with their money. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. You're not bothering You're not anybody bothering that's rich until you start messing with their money. We have financial power. We as the people, we got to stop spending your money, you know, with them, save your money, get your own businesses. And the main thing we need to do is support each other. Because still today, still today in 2020, there's a problem for the world to witness how comfortable Derek Sheldon was in being inhuman. That speaks to a bigger picture, y'all. That's a big picture to where he can, you know, be comfortable to keep his knee on George Floyd's neck until he knew that man was dead. You know what I'm saying? The ambulance was George Floyd's hearse. I mean, we saw that play out. Again, just like Terry was saying, I'm a mother. I have a son. And I'm telling you something about being a mother. A mother is the first person a, 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 a girl or a boy knows. When they come into this world, and for that 46-year-old black brother to be laying there minutes and seconds before he took his last breath, calling his mom, oh, that that really that hurts my soul, y'all, because that shouldn't even be in America. It shouldn't be. 
So on last evening on Channel 2 News, um, you know, I watched America in Pain. It's the boiling point. And there was a guy on there, Steve Olson. You know, he was sharing his analogy. You know, he stated what happened on May 25th, you know, it, it had been somewhat an awakening for white America. And he also said uh, with the segment of being like the snooze button on the alarm clock. That's, wow, that, that's a weird analogy. So what he was saying is, you know, when the incident happened to Eric Garner, white America hit the snooze button. When the incident, when Orlando Castile was murdered, America hit the snooze button. Uh-huh. So Monday, May 25th, 2020, when George Floyd was murdered, white America eventually got out of the bed. So, you know, I, I really still didn't know how to take that. And I replied to white America that feels this way. Now that you are out of the bed, black America needs you to stay woke. All right. Okay, the time is now, you know, to strategize, y'all. June ninth here in Atlanta, Georgia, the primary election. If you didn't vote in March, you can still cast an early vote to June fifth on Friday. The U.S. candidate, the cab sheriff candidate, the judicial candidates, and don't just wait until November third for the general election. The presidential candidates, you know, they mm-hmm. all carry weight. We have to get to the place where we can have the power to sit at the table and change things. Our vote is our voice. And today I noticed that, you know, there was progress being made, but like the protesters said, that's just a step. Mm-hmm. It's not a victory. And not uh-huh. only are we uh, in the United States of America, we're global now. So London is, is now the Pope. You know, he's called George Floyd names. You know, this, 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 is, this is major. This needs to be a movement and not a moment. Okay. So as I close, I want to say to you, just know the spirit world is powerful. You know, all you got to do is just have faith the size of a mustard seed. And when I tell you, we can move Come mountains, y'all. We can. We can oh, move yeah. mountains. You know, and, and I want to say this. The mm-hmm. world might have the power to write my check. But the world don't have power to sign my check. Denise Green. All right. Well, thank you so much for that for that eloquent, uh, just eloquent speaking there. Thank you so much, Miss Denise Green, yeah. aka my mother. Okay. <laughs> no, wonderfully right. said, Oma. Wonderfully said. And I know, I know this has affected you. Um, you know your. Because you do have a son, and to, to only imagine that's um, that's something no mother should ever have to have to ever um, experience. But, um, ladies, real quick, did uh, anyone have a question for Denise before we let her go? Uh, I just have a statement. Well said. Yes, I have a statement. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you, big sister. You're an, ad- yeah. you're an activist and an advocate. That's where I got it from. Love you. <laughs> Love, Love you, Miss Green. Hey. Okay. Love you too, baby. Right. Thank Everything you. I'm going to get back to church. I miss you guys too. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, going back to the okay. timeline. Y'all got to work timeline. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye now. Bye.
347-8924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. Like I said, this is an open forum tonight, y'all. We want to hear from everyone, black, white, uh, kids, young, old, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, this is just an open forum tonight to um, talk about uh, just our thoughts, our frustrations. Where do we go from here? Um, and is this what it took, you know, for white America to finally get behind the racism that has been plaguing this country? You know, we we talk about it, I, I think, to, you know, to the cows come home. Um, you see the incidents that have taken place over the years, you know, the Philando Castiles, the Eric Gardner's, the Trayvon Martins, the Freddie Grays, the Sandra Bland's, uh, just uh, Tamir Rice, it's, it just goes on and on and on and on of unarmed black people, you know, being either gunned down, uh, chokehold, ran down, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, we've been dying left and right, but just for some reason, when Colin Kaepernick took that knee, it just offended everybody when he said that he couldn't kneel for a flag that wasn't equal justice for everybody. But is yeah, everybody took, you know, <laughs> is this what it took for white America to see we're not exaggerating? I mean, mm-hmm. it, ladies, do you? I mean, do you think this was the wake up call? Uh, yeah, I do. I I think it was a big wake up call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Lord have mercy, I hated that it took this, but uh, I want to play another clip. This is from Coach Lavelle Moton of North Carolina Central men's basketball team. Let's take a listen. We have coaches in Power Five, football and basketball coaches. The reality is a lot of these coaches have been able to create generational wealth. I mean, their grandkids' kids are going to be able to live a prosperous life because athletes who were the complexion of George Floyd was able to run a football, throw a football, shoot a basketball, or whatever have you. So they have benefited greatly from athletes that look like George Floyd, and many more. But whenever people, the complexion of George Floyd, is killed, assassinated, murdered in the street in broad daylight. They're silent. And I have a problem with that because it seems as if black lives matter to them whenever they can benefit from it, right? Whenever they're getting them a first down or, you know, catching a, a alley-oop or shooting a three or whatever. But when it's time for the humanity to speak up on behalf of those those student-athletes, it's, it's, it's silence. It's cricket. And so my problem is if, if the murdering of black Americans is too risky of an issue for you to stand up as a leader, then who are they really playing for? Hmm. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. Uh, make sure that you press number one when you call in. Again, that was North Carolina Central men's uh, head basketball coach Lavelle Moton um, speaking. And uh, shout out to, hey, that's my cousin. Shout out to Mavis. I see you in the house. Shout out to Bird. I see you. He says, Drew Brees, don't get it either. Yeah, I just right before uh, going on, on air, 
I briefly caught uh, something that's going on with with Drew Brees of the New Orleans Saints, and I believe it has something to do with he still says that you shouldn't disrespect the flag or something like that. I I honestly did not get a chance to read up on it, so I can't wait to hear about that. But they were also saying that uh, his wide receiver, Michael Thomas, had something to say and retort to that, so I can't wait to to read up on that. But, um, ladies, your your thoughts on uh, what Coach Moton had to say about, you know, men of color that can run up and – Run up and down the field, dribble the ball for them. But um, you know, if they, if the owners and um, the coaches and and so forth of who they're playing for, if they don't have a problem with this, then actually, who are they playing for? Just your thoughts. Yeah, I um, I agree with him, but I've always felt like that. You know, we are we accept it, and and uh, you know, long as we are making money for them, you know, with the sports and whatever. Yeah, they paying us and stuff, but, you know, some of us deserve so much more than what we're making, you know, out there, uh, you know, playing for them. But um, it's always been like, it's like we are performers. So, we, you know, we, we basically need you guys to be like performers. Like back in the slavery, they'd have the, the, uh, the blacks to come and, and maybe sing to their white uh, friends or something like that or, you know, uh, God only knows what else they could have had us doing. But um, but it's just, you know, and, and then when that's over, then I need you to go back to your, your cage or something. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with the coach, and I agree with you, Ms. Lucinda. Um, you know, as long as we're, you know, winning championships for them, you know, putting up, uh, bringing money to the um, towns, this different state, then, you know, they're fine, but you know the minute all that's over, it's like okay, well you you've done justice, so you can just turn around and go on back and do what you was doing before. You know you made the money, so mm-hmm. you know it's it's sad overall. It's it's just it's just a um a sad sad nation that we live in. Yeah, true. That is so true. I I saw this. Statement from Roger Goodell, the NFL, and I really felt some type of way because on one hand it's like, okay, are you now the commissioner and you stand apart from who you report to, which are the owners, the thirty, you know, the the thirty-two owners of uh, the NFL, um, because 2016, you know, yes, you wanted to implement the new um, programs and put together the, the the committees and all of that. But what really, you know, did the NFL do other than contribute some money? So I want to read this statement from Roger Goodell, and then I want to play another piece of audio from one of the head coaches in the NFL of the Denver Broncos and then former NFL head coach, uh, Super Bowl winning coach, Tony Dungy. So first the Statement from Roger Goodell, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, on the nationwide protests. He says, I quote, The NFL family is greatly saddened by the tragic events across our country. The protesters' reactions to these incidents reflect the pain, anger, and frustration that so many of us feel. As current events dramatically underscore, there remains much more to do as a country and as a league. These tragedies inform the NFL's commitment and our ongoing efforts. There remains an urgent need for action. We recognize the power of our platform in communities and as part of the fabric of American society. 
we embrace that responsibility and are committed to continuing the important work to address these systemic issues together with our players, clubs, and partners. And um, as I said, now I want to play a clip from Coach Vic Fangio. He is the co- head coach of the Denver Broncos. And then right after that will be former head coach, um, Super Bowl winning head coach, Tony Dungy. Let's take a listen. I was shocked, sad, and angry when I saw the policeman due to a handcuffed George Floyd on his stomach that led to his death. He should be punished to the fullest extent of the law for the crimes he has been charged with. It's a societal issue societal issue that we all have to join in to correct. Good deeds and doing the right things by all in society will far outweigh people pontificating with their words or any amount of money can solve. I think our problems in the NFL along those lines are minimal. Um, we're a league of uh, meritocracy. You, you earn what you get. You get what you earn. Um, I don't see um, racism at all in the NFL. I don't see discrimination in the NFL. You know, we live in a great atmosphere, like I alluded to earlier. We're lucky. We, we all live together, joined as one for one common goal, and we all intermingle and mix tremendously. You know, if uh, – Society reflected an NFL team, we'd all be great. If you listen to that statement, there's a lot of truth in it. Um, Vic talked about it being a meritocracy, and it is, and in the locker room, on the field. And and I think we had 29 African-Americans drafted in the first round out of 32 players. So, yes, there is progress there. And, yes, uh, there is working together and a football locker room can be one of the greatest places in the world where you see people coming together from all different types of backgrounds chasing a common goal. So that is true. But to say there is no racism and no problem, uh, I, I think really is, is not recognizing the situation. Hmm. Three, four, six, eight, two, I'm sorry, 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2, a town hall forum tonight. Shout out to my Aunt Karen, my Aunt Kim. I see you in the house. Michelle Belair, what's going on, Mimi? Jesse Scott Fricker, thank you so much, Fricker, for tuning in. Eric Graff, thank you all so much for tuning in to the show. Yvonne. Thank you all so much. We truly, truly appreciate you tuning into the show. Don't forget, give us a call, 347-826-7924. Make sure to press the number one. Harold Chambers in the house. Thank you so much for tuning in. I see you, Sandy. Bernard, Brian Williams, thank you all so much. Alberto, just having, uh, like I said, town hall discussion tonight. Uh, just open, honest dialogue on the state of America. And uh, what, you know, where where do we go from here? Um, but, you know, just talking about our thoughts, our opinions, our frustrations, um, you know, and I would love to hear uh, from, you know, from our, our white listeners because, like I said, this is a safety, a safe area, safety zone, no, no judgments. Um, you know, as I said, we just um, we want to make sure that everyone is respectful, but no one's thoughts, opinions are wrong, okay? So just uh, keep that in mind. But, again, ladies, so that was Vic Fangio, you know, just speaking his truth 
to the fact that he thinks that if the world operated like a locker room, we'd all just get along because he doesn't see the discrimination that goes on in the NFL. And then Tony Dungy, you know, kind of came in with the more realistic side of everything. But uh, do you think it is just uh, being naive? Or is this, let's just call it what it is, is this a demonstration of white privilege that they may not even be know that they are that they're uh, they they may not be aware that they are participating in. I don't want to say participating because white privilege is just that's that's life. Do they just may not realize that they are a part of of white privilege? Because to say that there's no discrimination in the NFL, I don't know how you could say that when there's absolutely no diversity when it comes to GMs or owners uh, in the league. Um, you know, most of the head coaches now, there used to be a time where we had at least, what, five, six, maybe, I think the most was six or seven black head coaches in the league. Now we have, what, three and a Hispanic. So you cannot possibly think that there's not racism happening in the NFL. Um, ladies, your thoughts on that? Lou, we'll have you go first. Yeah, I totally agree with you on the um – when you're saying there's no there's no diversity in the ownership, the owners as well as the GM. Yeah, they, the players, you see some about 29 players out of 30-some. But it, no offense, you know, I just got to call them spade a spade. The black players are better players. You would want to get those guys and put them out there because they, they – they they know what to do. No offense, I'm not. I don't want to offend anyone, but I have to be honest. They're they're better athletes. They're you know, and 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 that's why you see so many of them in the different sports. However, uh, you know, like you say, where's what about them in the management? You know, I don't see that. And I just think that it's a blindness. I really think it's a blindness. I said that uh, as I wrote last week that racism is a disease. Uh, and sometimes when you when you're sick, you don't even know you're sick. I think it's a blindness, and and so they're they're blind to it because they've been so used to being privileged, and 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 you know they you know writing the laws and and uh, and disobeying the laws and stuff, and then making new laws for them, and 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 then we have to but we have to abide by the laws, you know, all the laws. So it's just it's a blindness, and you know, and I'm just I'm just praying that God will open their eyes and remove the film and and the veil open open up so that they can see where they need Jesus. Okay. Amen. I agree with you, ladies. Um, I think it's you know, as Ms. Lucinda said uh, as well, that it's a, it's a blindness. You know, they've seen it like that for so long until you know that's just how they look at it. But when you got to realize when you're in a locker room and you have uh, a group of uh, you have a team coming together, black and white, you your mind is focused on go out there and win bring us money, you know, bring the money. Mm-hmm. And for him to say that, you know, there's no racism, I, I, I just don't get that other than what Mr. Lucinda just said. You know, they're blind to it because their eyes been, you know, covered for so long. And, you know, and I pray that not just today that there's a change going forward, you know, that racism ends. But mm-hmm. we have to... We have to stand up. We can't just, you know, back down when people are being treated wrong, when people are talking down on people, you know, um, you know, belittling them. You know, if you see something going on, we have to 
rise up to the occasion. Mm-hmm. We have to make changes, you know, um, policy, putting laws in place, you know. Like I think mm-hmm. uh, Georgia don't have a hate, you know, a hate law in place. Right. You know, things like that. We get, we have to stand up to the plate. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. You know, and I, I always wonder, too, why is it that Georgia is one of the few states that doesn't have a hate crime? But if you think about it, everybody would probably be in jail if Georgia did have a hate mm. crime law. Because there's so much hate going on, killings of hate that go on down here, they, they'd have to probably build three more jails. And it wouldn't be people of color. That's just all of what it is. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. Make sure to call us up. Press the number one, and we'll bring you right on in. Harold Chambers says he had to say that because he has to keep his job. It's the good old boy system. He knows what time it is. Uh, Sandy Bernard says I heard Mr. Lloyd's brother say people need to educate themselves. There are some people who are naive and some just ignore the problems because it doesn't apply to their lives. Mr. Oh, Floyd. Oh, yes, right. Mr. Floyd, I got you. Um, and I, t- I totally agree with you, Sandy, um, that people, um, that they do need to educate themselves. Um, you know, some people I think are naive. Now, Harold, as far as that's what he had to say in order to keep his job, I say then don't say anything. Um I don't I don't see this as a platform to where people feel like they have to come out and say something just to be saying it. A lot of people have decided to remain quiet. I think this is the most vocal that we have seen athletes speak out, though, and I'm talking about from the white athletes because we always hear the brothers coming out and, and standing behind, you know, social injustice or whatever. But this is definitely the most that I've heard their white counterparts come out and voice that what they saw was wrong that something needs to be done. But for 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 Vic Fangio maybe to feel like he had to say something, I'm not going to give him that scape. I'm not going to give him that out. I truly think in his heart of hearts, in his mind, he may not think that there's racism in the, in the league because all of them get along, because to him they're all on one level playing field. I don't even know if he, if he took into consideration the higher-ups. The, the the management, the ownership, um, and that's the that's the part that needs to be addressed. It's like you cannot possibly think that there is no discrimination going on in the NFL just because everybody can get along in a locker room. Uh, to me, I think he just truly believes that. I could be wrong. I don't know. You could be right. I, I you know, uh, but to say that he said it just to keep his job, I mean, he could have not said anything, and still, you know. Nothing would have, we wouldn't look at him any differently. Uh, let's see, Harold says, man, I, hey, sorry, y'all. I know you keep seeing my finger go up to the to the camera here, but I want to make sure that I get everybody's words and stuff. Okay. He says, look how they did cap blatant racism. You can't match, you can't boycott, oh, sorry, you can't march, you can't boycott, you can't take a knee, you can't speak out. So what can we do? Well, I think that was then, Harold. I think this whole George uh, George Floyd murder has put all of that to bed, or, or we can lay that to the side. Um, I do not commend or I do not agree with the looting that we've been seeing, but we all know that there are those that just come out to, to, to seek uh, and destroy, and they are not or they were not out there in the name of George George Floyd. But um, I think that the movement has been shown. I just pray that it continues 
because what we don't want is for the, you know, once the news cycles go back home and it's a month later or two months later that we forget because we are just starting. Like I said at the beginning of the show, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And we really will not get justice until these four cop, former cops are convicted. Being arrested is wonderful. It's the first step moving in the right direction. But these four men need to be convicted. Ladies, I agree with you. Yes, they need they need to be convicted. They need to be held accountable for what they did. They took a life. They took a life. Think about, take a moment of silence. Just think about if that were your child, exactly. your nephew, your niece, your your parent, your your mom, your dad. You know, yeah. and you just someone just sit there of color and pressed on their neck like that and kill them, knowing yeah. that you could have saved that life. Think about it. Put your put your the shoe on the other foot, as my yeah. grandma used to say. Mm-hmm. Put it on the other foot and see how you would feel. Yeah. And, and wrong. You know? Take, take that a step further. Flip the road. Let that have been a white man on the ground with a black man's knee in his neck. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Come on now. I mean, we have, we have to call it like it is. There's two different, there's two totally different justice systems for Black America and White America. And I think we're, I think yeah. finally that has been put on display. Hey, Lou, you're, I want to. Yeah, I um, I totally agree with uh, Miss Terry as well as yourself. Um, there's, is, I mean, I, I just. All I, all I know is right and wrong. That's what we were taught, and I don't know what other people are taught in their homes and stuff. And then what 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 applies for me applies for you. I mean, we're all supposed to abide by the same law, but not in America, not in white America. And um, you know, and like I said, some I don't know who it was, but someone just said it's, it 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 has to stop. It's not it's not like something where we hope you guys will stop and recognize us and you know treat us right. No, it has to stop. Because there will be uh, more, uh, you know, thank God it hasn't been a lot of bloodshed, but there will be more bloodshed if things doesn't turn around. Right. And I really feel with this one, I, I don't believe, I know in my heart that we will not lose. We will not lose this war. I really, I feel it in my heart. And, you know, just from some what I've read in Scripture and everything, it's like we might not have the ammunition, we might not have the power, but God, we serve a mighty God, and he's not going to let us continue to be mistreated. So, I, you know, I just pray that they, 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 they get the memo and, 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 and just start treating everyone the same because no one is better than the other. We all have the same red right. blood. If you cut us, we all got the same blood. Exactly, exactly. Amen. Shout out to you so much. I see you tuning in tonight. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight, and uh, make sure if you call in, press the number one. Uh, I want to read this quote from Kareem Abdul, uh, uh, Hall of Famer Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then play a audio clip from him as well. Um, his um, Yes, protests often are used as an excuse for some to take advantage, just as when fans celebrating a hometown sports team championship burn cars and destroy storefronts. I don't want to see stores looted or even buildings burned. But African Americans have been living in a burning building for many years, choking on the smoke as the flames burn closer and closer. 
Racism in America is like dust in the air. It seems invisible, even if you're choking on it, until you let the sun in. And then here is um, Basketball Hall of Famer Kareem Abdul-Jabbar speaking on Get Up on Monday. Let's take a listen. There's been a lot of talk about how horrible the, the rioting and looting is. Uh, that That is no way to demonstrate. But people should think about the fact that uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick tried to demonstrate peacefully. What did he get? He got ostracized. He lost his job. He was blackballed. That, that was a peaceful protest about an issue uh, that is uh, very real. And uh, no one could, could acknowledge that. Uh, we got to get to the point where we take these people seriously and uh, acknowledge the wrongs that they are trying to identify and right them. That that's the way that we make progress. Three four seven eight six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two, a town hall forum tonight. Being black in America, why can't we breathe? Brian, I see you in the house. He says, just joining. Missed the first part of the show, but love you all for speaking on this publicly. Thank you so much, Brian. You know, hit us up on the timeline, hit us up on the phone lines if you would like to join in on the conversation. Uh, so, ladies. Uh, hit it on the head. Now, I do want to say, uh, I want to read this quote here as well. Now, this is from a white journalist. Like I said, I want to hear from, you know, our white listeners as well. Don't want anybody thinking this is one-sided. That's what dialogue is. You have to have two sides in order to have a conversation. But um, this is from Sally Jenkins. She is a uh, a columnist from the Washington Post, and this is her speaking on NFL um, and racial injustice. She says, I quote, two needs. One protesting in the grass, one pressing on the back of a man's neck. Choose. You have to choose which knee you will defend. NFL owners chose the knee on the neck. They did. They may rationalize it as controversy avoidance or respect for the flag or audience mollification or economic strategy or business exigency. But when they collectively ostracized Colin Kaepernick for his protests against police brutality on unarmed black citizens, they chose the wrong knee. They chose the knee on the neck, the knee that pressures, stifles, gags, chokes, and silences, end quote. Ladies? Mm, I agree with that. I amen that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I totally agree with that. They chose the wrong knee. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you, girls. The wrong <laughs> knee. Yes. Yeah, and I, I thought that was so powerful, you know, coming from a white journalist, uh, being, you know, just um, aware enough to 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 speak truth, speak truth to power, because I think at this point. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying I didn't know or I didn't get it or I didn't realize. Um, you know, sometimes you don't know unless you're taught. You know, we all know that's, that's the beauty of being a child, you know, but you just hope that you have the right guidance leading you to become an adult. But uh, white America, they, just, they, they may not just have understood the depth of, this thing called racism. Jane Fonda was on uh, Don Lemon, his, his show on CNN, on last week. 
And she admitted, I did not know the plight of African Americans in this country. And she said that she had to take it upon herself to read on history. Now, you would think a woman of civil rights, she came up when Martin Luther King got assassinated, Malcolm X, when Muhammad Ali was ostracized. You would think <laughs> that she would have a better understanding. But if you choose not to acknowledge it, if you choose to continue to sweep it under the rug, oh, that's not me. I, I, I'm not like that. You know, I think a lot of white America thinks because I have my black friend or I get along with everybody, or as someone said on Sports Today, I don't see color. That's good. That's, that's good that you consciously don't see color, but you might need to see color in order to see that the colors are being treated differently. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get in my freaking. <laughs> but um, right, and, and Tina, because a lot, and because a lot of them haven't, you know, haven't dealt with what we've dealt through history, and our forefathers have dealt through history. Then they some they can't relate to us. So, but I still, as far as I saying that, you know, she she didn't see it, or she, you know, the aspect of the history of, you know, black people. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. And I could be wrong. And if I am, you know, Lord forgive me. But I, I just don't see that. I, I'm in with Miss Terry unless they're just in a bubble and, like I say, they're blind to it. Because a lot of times if you're not suffering and everything is just easy for you and privileged, you, you really don't uh, care for the people that are struggling, you know. The poor right. people or the people that they got to go in the county because they can't get a job. Don't let somebody co- go to jail and become a felon. I mean, nobody want to hire you. But then it's like, you know, but but uh, you still have to live and survive. So then they want it's like they want you to resort to stealing and stuff like that, you know, so we can just put you back in jail. Because mm-hmm. really the, the jail was made for, for, for black people. Jail mm-hmm. was made for black people, the, the, the um, and and uh, you know uh, every, everywhere that we you know that they put us and we've been you know illegal I mean uh, uh, what is it illegally convicted and stuff and you know it's just like they want to keep us confined we got to keep them contained and mm-hmm. uh, and there's some of that is fear on their part but then some of it is just is just hate I hate you because when people start really black people when we start really reading our history and seeing where we came from baby we were there from the beginning. Right. You know what I mean? We were there in the beginning. I didn't mean the slaves in the beginning. They just decided they want to put us in slavery once they realized who we were and whose we were. Right, right. Well, you know, that um, there were, uh, what was it? I was reading something, um, and they were saying, you know, there there were black people here, uh, and the white, you know, the white men were trying to make them slaves, but they, you know, they weren't going for it. So mm-hmm. then that's went you know, across to Africa and brought brought chips in. Um, mm-hmm. I was so I saw a uh, a video, a very powerful video. It was a white. I don't know if he was former officer of the law or if he was still on the force, but he even started his 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 video saying, you know, I have I have a lot of friends of different colors, and I might not have a lot of friends by the time I finish this. But he he said the most profound thing that I never really put two and two together. And he said Exodus, that Exodus. <laughs> Go when, they, on, girl. when they brought, you know, when they brought the black people over here as slaves, they didn't expect for us to uprise. They expected mm-hmm. us to be slaves for the rest of our lives. We would, we would mm-hmm. still, if 
had their way in 2020, we would still be uh, cotton picking cotton. Pick, 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 cotton. Mm-hmm. Right? At, at every opportunity. And that's what they're trying to do now. To put, our, put us down, <laughs> black people always rise. And mm-hmm. my Angela. That they, you know, that white America won't realize that. But then why is it that you still continue to try to keep us down? You know, we, we are your ego. What is it? And and a lot of people say, you know, that they're scared or whatever. I, I really think it's an intimidation factor because if you think mm-hmm. about it, you know, I think that's a little bit of where jealousy comes in. And I don't care if it's black, white. You, you have, a lot of people have it within their own family. You're jealous of people mm-hmm. who them, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't necessarily – sometimes I don't think it's hate because well, why mm-hmm. are you hating us? We've never been on top. We've never been in control except for when we had Barack Obama president. What that was just that was forty five. We then had forty three other presidents before him. I mean uh, forty four. Mm-hmm. We had three other presidents before him. You know we've never been in a position of power. So to hate us so much, I, I don't. I, if they say they hate us, that's the wrong word. They're intimidated. There's, there's a sense mm-hmm. of 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 uh, just uh, fear. Maybe I can't say mm-hmm. hey, maybe fear, but uh, mm-hmm. whatever it is. You know, if you just take a sample, you know, if take a page out of our book. You can't be us, but, you know, maybe you mm-hmm. can emulate us. We've been trying mm-hmm. to do it all mm-hmm. years. And on that note, I want to play a clip from, from Jalen Rose because I thought this was just so profound. Uh, this is Jalen Rose speaking on Get Up on last Friday. I wish America loved black people as much as they love black culture. There are so many times that it gets cherry-picked and it gets piggybacked, but only when it's convenient. And sometimes it happens in entertainment and athletics. We're not here designed only to entertain. We're actually living and breathing human beings that have a multitude of intelligence, work ethic, discipline, and talent. We've overcome a lot just like so many other races. This didn't just start happening. You can Google. We've been sprayed with water hoses. We've been attacked by dogs. We've overcome it. Mm. Speak it, Jalen. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. Make sure you just press number one if you want to come on the line. Carla Henry, I see in the house. Demarcus, thank you so much. Sandy, thank you so much for tuning in. Miss Emma, Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Trish, I see you. Trish says, oh, that's what it was. Okay. Trish says, uh, well, they have started burning up Drew Brees jerseys now. They better start Winston this season. Those fans are mad about his cap comments. Yeah, he had made some comments regarding Kaepernick and um, being mad that people, you know, were burning the flags. He said that he, uh, something about it's always still disrespectful for burning the flag. But, okay, so now they are burning Drew Brees jerseys. Hmm. And he's a <laughs> boy for the Y'all better watch what you're saying these times right now because people are just like, they're they reacting. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, they are. They are. And, Tina, I wanted to comment on something that you said. As far as mm-hmm. um, we've never had, you know, if they looked at we never had power, and I think it is that they're intimidated. Why hate on us? Because, you know, it's like, you know, you said we've never had the power. But I think right. that's where the problem lies is the intimidation. And they see that black people 
are starting to rise to the occasion. They're starting to get their own businesses. They're going um, more people are going to school to educate themselves, to better themselves, and they don't like that. And, and I, I wanted to that's just my, my honest opinion on that. And I want to piggyback on Miss Terry what she said there. Uh, if you look at the rioting and stuff, uh, I w- would like to see. I saw a few of our black brothers speaking out, but more so it was the sisters, and they speak so intelligently, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and 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 calm and stuff, and strong. I mean, some of them had to, you know, stop people from looting and stuff, and even stop white people from looting because they were looting, and then putting up BLM, Black Lives Matter. But but then, and, and first thing the news gonna say, you know how the news is because they racist. They'll be saying, oh, those are black people. They they're getting up there. They they are, uh, you know, um, attack. Bagging buildings and, you know, defaming property and blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't even them, you know. And so right. the young girl made a, made a video saying, you know, I want you all to know this is not us. These are people that are supposed to be here supporting us. We didn't ask you all to do this. And I was so proud of them, you know what I mean? They're standing up, you know, uh, just, you know, standing up, speaking out, and, uh, you know, and, and, and with no fear. You know what I mean? It's not like they was fearful, but but there were some black black uh, young black guys. But but I just saw the sisters; they were just standing strong. And I'm just praying that the, the black guys will start doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And up and speaking out more. Right. But uh, it was right. awesome. Well, I can sit at home and have to go pick it. <laughs> shout out to Ty right. in the house. Shout out to Tamika Taylor. That's my cousin. What's that? My cousin Cameron. I love you, Cam Cam. Let's see, Sandy, I see it in the house. Three more people. Miss Corinthia, thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. Don't forget, if you want to call in and talk to us, it's uh, Town Hall Forum tonight, 347-826-7924. Just make sure to press the number one, and we will bring you right on in. We want to hear your thoughts and, uh, you know, just your frustrations, your solutions. You know, what what can we do? Where do we go from here? Um Let's see. Marcus says, I'm here. Let's hear about Drew Brees. He should have retired and then spoke his mind. Hmm. Yeah, y'all are on that Drew Brees story. Poor Drew. He has, has he just isolated himself from, from being the, uh, the king of the, the king of NOLA? Are they all mad at they mad at Drew now? That's why I wore my Kaepernick jersey tonight. Cause, you know, Kaepernick, he still he still reigns supreme. Um, let's see, there was something else I wanted to get to here. I just have a lot of, uh, you know, quotes and statements and, and audio that I wanted to play for tonight. Um, yeah, Joe, oh, just uh, your thoughts, lady. So what Jalen said, he said, I wish that, uh, that you know, white America loved uh, black people the way they love black culture. That is just so true. It's like, yes. how do you, how can you just strive to be us? But not love us. Mm-hmm. I, I, and our uh, food. They eat our food too. Keep going. Love our food. You see, I see more people at Popeyes white people at Popeyes chicken than I do anybody. They ain't supposed to be good for you now. Oh. Well, and look, and we don't have a. Food. I mean, you know, black people can probably fry the chicken, <laughs> but we don't have the patent on black on fried chicken. No, we don't have the patent. <laughs> that's the food that we eat more than anybody. You know that, TJ. Yeah, you know, and, and then you know, and people, you know, going to the tanning booth and you know, and all that that stuff. I'm like, you know, lift, mm-hmm. getting lifts, getting booties. It's not yours. 
Just, Live in Texas. Yeah, yeah, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, just, I'm also talking about, you know, it's just like our, our music. They take over our music. They or they try to. Um, well, I don't say take over, but you know, I've always looked at it as a compliment. You know, it's just like whenever you see, you know, they they try to, you know, get the dances or or you know, uh, rap to the music or the clothes, the the, the styles. I always looked at it as a compliment. Um, you know, it's like, hey, do y'all have to have everything? You know, do you see us trying to, you know, still take over country music? You know, we have a couple of sprinkle here and there, but ain't nobody trying to take it over. You know, um, I don't know. I just, I thought that was just a very powerful statement there because it's so true. It's so true. Every time you turn around, um, they just, and the young, the, the young, but, Honestly, the young generation, these millennials, they are really mm-hmm. making my heart smile because they are yes, the they ones are. out there on that front line. And I'm so sorry, I don't know. I, and Amy, I think it was. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I don't know if it was Amy or Terry, but they were talking about, um, you know, the people that were coming in and, and doing the riots and, uh, you know, not being a part of uh, the, the actual cause for, for George Floyd being murdered. But if you look at a lot of the stuff, too, like that happens late at night, if you look at the people who are in the faces of these, like the National Guard and the police, they are white people. And don't get it with They are not here as well yeah. for George Floyd. They are here to instigate and to aggregate. I don't know if they're here mm-hmm. with Mega. With I don't know if they're here just with the white supremacist groups, but that has been on the news as well. They come in and they try to seek and destroy as well in the name of just being destructive. But they want to say that it's the black people that are bringing, you know, looting and all of that. No, they are just, they are here just bad and uh, taking just as much stuff in the so-called uh-huh. name of George Floyd. So, wake up, uh-huh. everybody. Yeah, but a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them, at, you know, when you do look at the protests at night, yeah, it's it's a, it's a white, um, they're all up in, you know, the, the police mm-hmm. officer face and everything. They're not bagging down. Right. Uh-huh. Right, just like egg and they don't mess with like, them either. Though the police don't mess with them like that. They ignore them. But if a black person got in their face, they'd be ready to punch him or pull out a gun because I'm threatened by you. And I mean a black kid. You know, it could be a anybody black, a kid or whatever. I'm threatened by you. But the whites can get in their face and do stuff to them, throw them, hit them, and hit them and everything. And they don't, they don't, they don't do, they don't get physical with them like that. Yeah, that's true. It's it's. It's eye-opening, <laughs> you know, I, I, I can say. But in the defense of law enforcement, I will be the first to admit, you have seen a lot more of them be passive. They have taken a lot in urine being thrown on them. They have taken knives being and This is just in Atlanta alone. Uh, you know, we, we recently had two officers, our mayor, Keisha Lance Bottom, being planned. Um, she recently fired two officers. At all. <laughs> Um, tasing these two young kids. One, uh, uh, Joseph Selman, uh, the man was a former uh, graduate of, uh, he's a graduate of Morehouse. Um, and those cops are fired. Now, will they get their jobs back? We'll have to see because, of course, they will go to the union. Um, one of the cops, he had only like one infraction. And the other one, uh, he had just had uh, sensitivity training about a month ago or the end of last month. So, um, you know, we, we will definitely be hearing more about, about that situation. But, these police officers have, they have endured a lot more than I'm sure they have been willing to endure 
or uh, even, you know, probably what they should be doing. Because, like I said, I, I look at it from both sides. These police officers that are out here manning these streets now, they're not the ones that killed George Floyd. All cops mm-hmm. are not bad. Right. If I am in right. trouble and I need some help, if somebody break it, I'm going to call 911, and I'm going to expect them to uphold that, that, that creed that they took to serve and to protect. And I do believe that the majority of them, that's what they're doing. It's just those that aren't, they're not being called out. They either get a pass or their infractions keep getting pushed under the rug. Chauvin, dude, he had 18 infractions. There's no reason why he should have still been on the force. This other three officers, you cannot tell me that they did not know he was killing that man. And I don't care if that was their mm. superior. I don't care what rank he held. At some point, your humanity has to step in. And you're like, this is wrong. You know, I know they have the code of blue, yeah. but the code of red, blood, human beings. When does that kick in? But for that, for that choice, and I say it all the time, life is about choices. And just like... Um, that that uh, reporter Sally Jenkins saying that the NFL and and all these other people they chose the wrong knee. These three officers they chose the wrong cop for that. Mm-hmm. And I I feel sorry for them. And I hope that they are that they receive the extent of the law that is allowed. Forty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three, four, six, I agree. Eight, six, I agree. Seven, nine, two, four. Go ahead, Lee. Mm. I would say that I agree. Uh, you know. They, they get the max or whatever they're supposed to get. I mean, because that, you know, if you just, just look at that, I just see it over and over. Um, you know, the one officer just standing there, you know, just nonchalant. And and the officer with his, his knee on Floyd's neck, I mean, he has his hand in his pocket like, okay, I'm chilling, you know? Like it was just nothing. Just chilling. Like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and also... Um, um, the mayor, Keisha Lance Bottom, you know, she's on top of it. She, she's yes. on top of it. She don't mind calling the president out. She's called the president out. But as you say, where do we go from here, Tina? Where do we go from here? Like your mom said, we got to go to the polls. Exactly. We got to go to the polls. Exactly. Exactly. We have to go to the polls. It has to start now. This is just just the beginning. We have to go to the poll and, you know, to look at the president, you know, still trying to divide us instead of bringing us together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be ignorant of his of the devil's devices to him. But but also we we uh yeah I don't know if y'all heard that there was some blacks that went. I want to say in New Jersey, I think, and I could be wrong. It was it was a state, maybe it was one of those states that I don't know too much about. But anyway, they were supposed to go and meet with their mayor. Mayor, first thing he he said was, "You people." One thing I have, but I have problems with you people. That yeah. that pastor, he just got up and walked out. He just like, oh, pfft, you, there's no way we can negotiate. If you if if you feel if, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. Whatever's in your heart is going to come out. I don't care what it is. Oh, yeah. It's just a matter of time before your heart reveals what's what's going on with you. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that is probably uh, that's up there with the N word to me. That's the most racist thing somebody can say. You people. Oh, mm-hmm. what? what oh, do you yeah. mean by you? Mm-hmm. 
too. You're not a person either? Mm. Um, yeah, oh, I can't stand it. That, that really irritates me. Uh, Tasha says, gotten away with before. What makes this time any different? You are so right, Tasha. And you can see it, the, the look on his face. You know, just the part he was like, y'all ain't going to do nothing. And he knew he was on camera. That's, that's the sad part about it. Brian says, I feel for the good cops. They can't win with the public, and they can't report the garbage cops. With that said, the humane thing is to report the trash and deal with the consequences. Doing so should influence change within their environment. That's true. It's like you have to stand for something as a cop. I understand everybody has their law. You know, I'm one of probably loyal, no, I'm going to say loyal to a fault, but I, I understand loyalty. But loyalty cannot outrank humanity. It can't. And you cannot see a man... You cannot see a man being having the life basically just squeezed out of him, and don't think you don't deserve the same punishment. Uh, you know, I know it's too much. That it would have been too much to ask for them to turn themselves in, but you know, they shouldn't have had to wait for for the people to decide if they were going to arrest them or not. They knew they were wrong, and I bet none of them could sleep at night. But I do want to pose this question, ladies, because this is the one thing that has not been answered for me, and nobody's really addressed it because I don't know if anybody's ever really thought about it. But, you know, normally when a person is apprehended, they're apprehended for a reason and for a specific amount of time because either, you know, people have to call in backup or you're waiting to see, uh, like, if, if they're at a scene, you're, you're waiting to see if um, you're going to take them to see if uh, people can identify them or something. But you're waiting for something to happen. What were they waiting on? What, what was well, they waiting for to have his knee in his neck like that? Um, nobody called for help. Nobody called uh-huh. for backup. Nobody was waiting for someone to come out of the store to identify him. Uh, no one no one was doing anything. So what exactly were they waiting on why he didn't lift his knee from that man's neck? Waiting for him to die, I believe. Waiting for him to die? I mean, that's, that's a good question. No one was dressed just like you said. Uh-huh. I mean, just to have him on the ground, have him handcuffed and... You know, one person has a um, has a knee on his neck, and two other officers holding him down, and the other one is guarding him. And just like the um, reporter say, one um, not the reporter, but the um, the floors, their lawyer, he said that when they called that police, when they called the ambulance, they called the hearse. Right. They knew he was dead at that time. You know, exactly. so like you said, no one is answering. No one has addressed that. What were they waiting on? Yeah, exactly. he, was, uh, he wasn't struggling. He wasn't trying to fight. He wasn't, you know, trying to trying to get away from them. Exactly. He was crying for his life, begging for his life. Exactly. And I want you, ladies, to go back and look at that video. I'm sorry. I want you to write it down so you don't forget. But we got to go to the phone lines here. Somebody got somebody want to chime in? So let's go, go on. to the phone here real quick. And let's see. Okay. Seven zero three four nine eight. You are on with the ladies of sports. Tell us your name and where you are calling from. Uh good evening, ladies. This is uh J D from Virginia. Hey J D, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Um What's on your mind? We want to call in tonight. Uh try to give some time for everybody and myself to get my thoughts together because it's all over the place. I'm, I'm angry. Right. I'm frustrated. I'm confused. Um, like I say, my emotions just right now all over the place. You know, 
As a father, I have a son, and today was quite interesting for me today because my nine-year-old daughter, today I was, you know, working from home, mm-hmm. and her, the both of us was in the kitchen, and she was on her phone, and all I kept hearing was Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. And so I stopped and I looked around. I was like, I know I don't have a TV on. So I went over and I looked at her and she's on a, watching a video on TikTok. And so at that point, I decided to, uh, I'll say this, um, before now, my wife and I have never talked to our kids about racism or, you know, police brutality or anything like that. You know, within the last week, we brought it up and was like, are they ready for this conversation? Right. And, you know, me being, I'm like, nah, I don't think so. I don't want to take their, their vision because they're so innocent right now. You know, they have mixed races of friends and all of that. And with them seeing this, I don't want it to take their, take their vision. <sighs> and so as I, I came to myself and I said, you know what? Okay, it's time. It's time. And so I asked her and I was like, what do you First, I asked her, what are you watching? She said, it's a, it's a video on Black Lives Matter. And I asked her, I said, what do you know about Black Lives Matter? And she said, um, well, it's about, you know, black people uh, demanding to, to be treated equally and fairly. Mm. And it shocked me because I'm like, we've, you know, this Black Lives Matter movement probably started with, what, Trayvon. And we've right. never talked to my daughter about that you know, ever. And um, for her to be so into it and know at such a young age of what this movement is about, and I sit there and I think about you have grown people who are trying to make it something that is not. You know, and for my nine-year-old daughter to get it. And so we just began to talk. And we talked, I think I talked to her for about 45 minutes. And I came away with that and I I explained to her, I said, you know, as your father, I, I failed you in this area because I, I hid this from you. I didn't think you were ready for this type of conversation. But now that I know, I want you to come to me and your mother when you have questions. When you, when you see these type of things going and you feel a certain way about a certain thing, come to us and talk to us about it. Because what I don't want to happen is her to form an opinion based off something she sees on the internet or from right. somebody. So, you know, I asked her, I was like, you know, we never even told her she's black, right? And so she, I was like, do you, I was like, what is black? I was like, are you black? She's like, yeah, I'm black. And I'm like, <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's one of those where, you know, you think like, okay, my kids, I'm, I'm, I'm naive to the fact that, okay, we haven't talked about it, so they don't know. But then I think about it, you know, I asked, I was like, what are y'all talking about in school? And she told me about, you know, in her Virginia studies, they're talking about the slave and the civil rights movement and stuff like that. So I was like, okay. So now it's my turn to teach you about that because I know the school is only going to teach you so much. So, you know, not to get all off tangent about what's going on, I just wanted to share that because it just, it just, it, it made me feel a certain way and it brought all those feelings I had. And I asked her, I said, how did you feel? Because she told me she saw the video of George Floyd. And I said, what did, what did you feel? And she said, I was shocked. And I said, why were you shocked? She said, because I saw a police officer put his knee in a man's neck and kill him instead of helping him. 
Mm. And she said the other people did not even help him, and he was crying for help. Mm. And that almost brought oh. me to tears because I'm like, this is my nine-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. First of all, mm. she watched a man down on TV. Mm. You know, not a movie, not something she see on Disney or something like that. This is real life. Mm. So right. I, I promised her from that moment forward that we will always have dialogue about mm. what's going on in the world, not just with black issues, but just issues, period, in the world. Right, right. Debbie, I don't, I don't mean to say, well, I've I got to ask you now, with, with that being said, did you ask her what her opinion of the police are now? Did she mention that? Like, how does she see the police now? I did. I did. Okay. Because I'll tell you this. My feelings for it is all over the place. So I wanted to ask her, because I'm like, your daddy is a little crazy. So she told me, she said, she said she know that there are good cops, and these were bad cops, and not all cops kill people. Okay. And I said, so what do you think should happen in this situation? And she said, well, she thinks that they should uh, be punished severely. And I was like, what type of punishment? And she was like, I don't know, maybe go to jail or something like that. And I said, yeah, that's what should happen. They should go to jail. I said, when people do bad things, that's what happens. They go to jail. And so I I was happy that she was mature enough to say that, you know, like not try to picture all cops being bad, right. right? Because I'm of the mindset, I'm like, if you allow it, you're a bad cop. That's right. my mindset. Those right. three cops that stood there or the one that stood there and the other two with their knees in his back and on his legs, they're bad cops. I'm sorry. They're bad yeah. cops. You can't say you're a good cop and you, the, the, the citizens are telling you, hey, man, tell him to check his pulse. And you right. do nothing about it. You just right. stand there like, get back, don't move. And I'm watching this officer with his knee and his neck. And it seemed like every time one of the citizens said something, it almost looked like he was putting his knee harder on yeah. his neck. Uh-huh. With his hands in his pocket and his, this look on his face like, yeah, they're going to make it worse for you. And he had this look like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm being recorded because yeah. guess what? Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. If they get away. Yeah. That's what I got, man. That's what hurt me the most the more I watch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I, I, this, this whole week, ever since last Monday, I just be, I've been all over the place going back and forth. Like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch no more coverage. I'm trying to watch it. And I'm like, you know what? Amen. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, you know, like I post, I said, you know, I'm the, the prayer ain't working, the voting ain't working, the people protest ain't working. I don't know if violence is the answer. I don't know. But I'm, I'm like, whatever it takes, you don't know unless you try. Because I look at it like this. Every time we try to peacefully protest, they have a problem with it. They try to, and when we revert to violence, they try to, to silence us. But that's how that's how this country was built. That's what they started. And it's like whenever they ride it, things change for them. Mm. But for us, that not that don't seem to be the case. And mm. so we, we as black people, we always say, "Yeah, violence not the answer. Violence not the answer." I agree. We have to vote. We do have to vote. And you know, I, 
I had a conversation with some friends the other night, and I was like, you know, I only vote because I imagine what the people, what our ancestors went through to for us to be able to vote. Mm-hmm. And that I feel like at some point, if they wanted to, that could be taken away, right? Because I was like, white people never had to fight for any liberties. Uh-uh. We've had to fight for everything we have. And so when right. white people say we won't hand out, you daggum right we won't hand out. We're tired of fighting. Huh. We're tired of fighting. And so huh. I, when I was talking with my friends, I said, you know, the, the, the key thing is, is the laws. Our laws across this country are screwed. Because uh-huh. you can't have a situation where the people who are to enforce the laws have lower standards than the people that are supposed to abide by the laws. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can't yeah. have the cops being able not to get away with breaking the law, but the citizens get arrested. Do you know? We got we got tons of black men and women in prison for crimes they didn't commit. Who served right. life sentences thirty, forty, fifty years? Right. You got a cop like Emma Geiger who got ten years for killing a man sitting in his own home. Mm. Yeah. You got mm. a cop who killed Philando Castile who served yep. no time. Exactly. Exactly. You had a young Emmett Till who died because a white woman said he looked at her, he whistled at her. Right. Uh-huh. What? So mm. my thing is, how do we go about changing those laws? Because you can't. The, not only is it the law, you have like the police union who who stand behind these cops through and through, through and through, no matter what. I watched in Minneapolis. I think it was the commissioner. I think it was the. It may have been the mayor. He talked. Yeah, it was the mayor. Pray. He talked about that. He was like, you know, the commissioner, the police commissioner wants to do so much, but he can't because his hands are tied with the union. Mm, right, you know? right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, when I look at a way to go forward, I, I think about it like this. One thing I definitely want to see is that we get away, states get away from having cops prosecuted by the local DAs. Yeah, okay, because okay. It has to be a special prosecution because you can't ask a DA to prosecute a cop. When he gets off, that DA needs that same cop to prosecute you or me. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that's mm-hmm. like that hand-in-hand, that buddy-buddy thing. Right? Oh, so that, that's what happened in the in the Aubrey case, right? Ahmaud Aubrey. Right, 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 like, right. Oh, this, this, this. Yeah. You know, it's a conflict of interest. Of course, it's right. always going to be a conflict of interest. Right. That cop has got you so many arrests, so many convictions, it's crazy. Okay. There's always a conflict of interest. So for right. me, I truly feel that the states have to come up with a way to have a special prosecution for cops whenever they are, you know, found to be breaking the law. Like, okay. whether it's lethal force, Deadly force, whatever it is, if it's like this guy had 18 complaints, there's no way he could have had 18 complaints. Right, no exactly. Neither exact. one of us would have ever kept our job if we had 18 complaints. You get three right. complaints from, by HR, I'm quite sure they're going to be calling you telling you fight. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, my, my, 
I'm angry. I'm I'm all over the place with this, and I'm and I'm trying to reel myself in because I'm trying to be able to talk to my my kids about it and mm-hmm. give them ha- give them the opportunity to have their own opinions, and, right? And, 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 and you know, get out how they feel about it, what they see, right? Because you know, it for me it's just an opinion. That's what I explained to my daughter today. I said, your opinion is your opinion. Your opinion is not right nor wrong. But what I don't want you to do is form an opinion based off of what somebody else is saying. And that includes yeah. me. Okay. You know. Okay. So but then I hate to cut you off, Boo. You got some other people that want to chime in. But thank you so much for calling in and for giving us your opinion and especially just being so candid and so open, you know, with um you know, with your conversation with your with your baby girl today. I know that had to be hard today. No doubt. Thank you for thank you for okay. having this platform and thank you for all you do. You know what I'm saying? I I try to get in when I can and see you. But uh for you and the ladies continue to do what you do and uh nothing but love for all three of you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right. And you be you be safe well, you too. Right. Right, right. You're live for your daughter and your wife. Three four seven eight six Seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. As I said, we do have another caller we want to bring in. Um, matter of fact, hey Lou, are you ready for your lyrics, or do you want me to take a call? I'm ready. Tina, I can, can I come in on a couple of things? Um, yeah. Matter of fact, just take a take a note for me, Miss Terry. <laughs> take a note because I want to get all the lyrics in, and then I want to make sure that I get this caller in, okay? And then we'll have the rest of the show, okay? So, right. All right. So I see what we will uh, call it. I don't want to, because I don't want to. I don't want them to rush. So, call it. Do not move a muscle. We're going to go to Lucinda's lyrics right now, um, and then I will bring in um, our next caller. All right. So, Aunt Lou, what is on your mind tonight? Okay. Are you giving me music or no? Go ahead. You don't have to. Okay. On May 25th, 46-year-old George Floyd was killed after being arrested for a $20 counterfeit bill by Minneapolis officer Derek Chauvin and three other officers of his clan. They lied and said he resisted arrest, when most of the time he was in distress, forced out of his vehicle and handcuffed, treated like an animal, and handled rough. He was taken down by them and placed on the ground. On his stomach, he still uttered pleas and sounds. Chavin decided to put his foot on his neck as as he cried, I can't breathe. He didn't give a heck. He complained about hurting and being in pain and called out for his mama with no shame. The officers ignored his pleading cry as they and bystanders watched him die. This death caused a national uproar, and it hurt the black race to their heart's core. It led to unrest, protest, and looting. Donald Trump stated that if it doesn't stop, he will bring in the National Guards who would be shooting. People of all races have been talking and kneeling. However, in 2016, no one wanted to to hear Kaepernick's feelings. I'm so proud of the younger generation speaking out. They are intelligent and they are stout. Will George Floyd's death be a catalyst for change, or is it a temporary pacifier rearranged? Mm. All right now. Seven nine four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. You call in, you press number one, and we bring you right on in, as we will do right now. 
347-404-387. You are on with the ladies. Tell us your name and where you're calling from. Hey, Tina. It's Brian from Atlanta. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Brian. Thank you so much for calling. What's on your mind? Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I don't know what race, what gender, anything. You know, I, I missed part of the show. Don't know. Who's what? What what nationality folks are calling in from? But at the end of the day, I'm an Asian American, um, so wanna can't represent all Asian American people. But can represent myself. Um, trying to remain calm here. Um, you know, I've gone through many emotions over the past. Uh, what what is it? Nine days now uh, mm-hmm. since George Floyd was was killed by the police. Um, don't have a whole lot to say, um, at least not, not good, right? Um, a lot of anger. Uh, one of your listeners kind of vented to them today, and, and, and they kind of kind of heard my position, right? And, and, I, and I don't want your show to become uh, what, <laughs> what, what I was saying during that session because it, it wasn't anything good. But ultimately, I just want to say a couple of things. Number one, um, uh, the last call you had, really appreciate um, him and his position with his daughter. I think mm-hmm. it's important to make certain that you allow your children to, to formulate their own opinion, right? Uh, don't, you know, it, I, I think uh, sometimes we, we, we influence the younger generation, whether it be positive or negative, right? And as a result, you know, it, 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 it stunts, in my opinion, their growth, right? So, so I appreciate the last caller for allowing his daughter to formulate her own opinion as it relates to what's going on, um, uh, her opinion towards the police officers and, and, and just um, law enforcement in general. Right. Um, the other thing I just want to say is, you know, I, I don't have an answer. I'm not calling in to say this is what you, what needs to happen, that's what needs to happen. I, I don't know what, what it is, right? But, but ultimately, mm-hmm. just want to let you know that this Asian man is here to support the people. Um, mm-hmm. What happened is, is not humane. Um, what continues to happen is not humane. Uh, I grow more and more frustrated every single day as I think more and more about it. Uh, my wife is black. Uh, so if we had children, and, and in particular a son, you know, he would go through the same thing. And, and not to say women don't go through the same thing, but, but you know, a lot of what we see is, is, is men that are, that are dying. And at the end of the day, my son would go through the same thing. My niece. Uh, is half black, half Japanese. She she could be a target as well, and it's just not right. At the end of the day, it's not right that people within this country, citizens, regardless of whether or not you're a citizen, let me take that back, regardless of whether or not you're a citizen, it is not humane to treat people in this fashion, right? And uh, I want I want to use other choice words. Uh, I'm trying to filter myself right now, uh, oh, and I'm trying not to cry on your show. But at the end of the day, um, it's it's ridiculous, and I and I, I I I again I don't have the answer. I don't know what the solution is. Um, I just want to make certain that you know, Tina. I know you, and I know some of the folks that watch your show. If you need anything to help push a message, you've got this Asian brother to help. Mm. Amen. And I love you. I love you. I love you for you supporting so me much. since day one. Thank you for calling and for for sharing your thoughts. You know, um, just the dialogue, you know, this, this starts, starts the movement. We have to talk to each other and, and just know 
you know, uh, we don't know the answers, but we can we can move towards the answers. So, you know, thank you for calling and for sharing um, just your emotion, your raw emotion. I truly appreciate it. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. And then just one last thing, uh, uh, just like the poem said, do not let this be a pacifier. So we, we, we have to move beyond this. We have to grow. We have to make progress. And it's not a want. It's not a desire. It is a need. So so whatever it is that we as Americans and we as people need to do in order to make that happen, we have to do. So so yes. thank you again for taking my call, Tina. Oh, you are more than welcome. Thank you so much for calling, Brian. And you be, you be careful. Absolutely. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. And as I said, uh, Ms. Terry, definitely want to get your thoughts uh, real quick before you jump in. What I, I wanted to uh, say something because JB mentioned um, about the handout. You know that that you know I don't think we're ever, we've ever we've never asked for a handout. All we've asked for is for playing field. So I don't even look at it as asking for a handout. Black folks, they never, you know, sure there are some, but we've never asked for a handout. We just want equal opportunity. Terry, what's on your mind? Amen. Amen. Um, I just wanted to address a couple of things that the caller before um, uh, said. You know, he said mm-hmm. that he didn't reach out to his daughter. You know, I ex- recommend, advise anyone that have kids to, when things are going on, like they are now in this world with racism, to engage their kids. Because if they don't get it from you, they're getting it from someone else. And when they're getting it from someone else, they're not going to get all the details, the specifics. It's just going to cause more issues. So no matter what is going on, I know we try to keep our kids out of the media, keep them out of knowing certain things, but... In most cases, they already know because they're listening to their friends. They're on their cell phones. As he said, his um, I think his daughter was on her um, tablet. You know, they're getting this information. So it's imperative that we, you know, engage them in what's going on. And he also said as far as, you know, we tried this, we tried that. We, You know, prayer don't seem to be working. That is an understatement. Prayer changes things. We mm-hmm. may not see it right now, but God is an on-time God. Yeah. Come on, babe. yeah, we don't know why we're going through all of this, but everything happens for a reason. And when prayer, when you pray, things changes. You may not see it right then, but mm-hmm. it will manifest. Yeah. So Amen. never give up on prayer. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to, I want. DJ, I wanted to add to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can relate to him with his kids, his daughter, because I never tell. My kids went to all white schools, and, and they never didn't know they was black until they came home and told me somebody called them the N-word. Mm-hmm. But then I had to explain, explain to them what the N was. You know, it was an ignorant person. I say, you could be a, be that. You could be black, white, or Mexican, or whatever, and you could be that, what they were calling them. So then I had to break it down. He's right. You want to teach them yourself. You don't. You don't want someone else in uh, filling their heads with the, with the wrong stuff. Right. And um, and I t- 
totally agree with her with the with the with the prayer. I mean, we don't see what's going on in the spirit. It's a spiritual thing. We're in a spiritual warfare, so we have to fight in the spirit. And that and, and the only way we can fight in the spirit is speaking the word and praying and praying. So, uh, but God is gonna He's manifesting it. I mean, things are calmed down. If you look at the protests from nine days ago, how they are now, and people mm-hmm. are kneeling, we're doing that before. So you know, God is answering prayers. Might not be as fast as we want it to happen, but trust mm-hmm. me, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, and you know it's funny you say that, ain't Lou, because they were kneeling then, nine days ago. It's just that the, the, the media wasn't catching that. It, it, like I said, oh. it's, it's those students that they took over, you know, and made mm-hmm. that the story. But you know, media always has the opportunity to, to put the angle that they want, and if they choose right. to to focus on the, the looters and the rioters and all of that, then that's what we're going to see. But I'm just happy that as you know, as it grew. Then even the protesters were out there getting on those people who were trying to loot and be like, "Look, you're not taking away our, our you're not taking away our cause. You know, you need to go somewhere else with all that." So it's just um, it's a matter of everyone coming together. Shout out to Miss Brown, Miss Mary Brown. I see you in the house, Brian. You did wonderful. He said, "I tried so hard not to cuss." You did excellent, Brian. Yes, he is a very solid dude. Um, it just thank you so much for just supporting and calling in. Um, but I, I I thank God for, for, you know, all of those that called in tonight to share their thoughts because that's what this platform was for tonight, just to, you know, to share your thoughts, your frustrations, um, solutions. We we don't know the answer. Uh, only God already knows. This book is already written. Um, a lot of people were talking about how they were just happy that basketball season was not in because had it been in, we would be going to the finals. And would this, you know, have taken away from, the athletes being able to put voice to it. Uh, but it all happened in God's timing. So if you don't think that God is not in the middle of this, then you are absolutely wrong. But there is a message that we are supposed to learn and take from this. And I just hope that mm-hmm. y'all take heed um, that, that God is always in the center of, of whatever is going on. Um, so like I said, this book mm-hmm. is already written. Um, lady, mm-hmm. uh, man, this has been, I, I don't know about you, but I have just found this to be so um, just uh, refreshing, <laughs> honestly. You know, yeah. not having to, you know, just having having communication, just dialogue. Um, and again, thank you for everyone who's chimed in on the timeline. Um, so, ladies, this this is so. Uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up with um, just your thoughts, and we'll start with you, Terry. Ladies, as always, I love you, I love you, I love you. I can't say that enough. Miss Lucinda, you just, you know, you just did it again with those lyrics, and, you know, and they're just so true, so personal, you know, just touching, heartfelt. Just keep doing what you're doing. Always keep God first. Janelle, 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 I don't know where you are, uh, but I pray that all is well with you, but if you need anything, Give me a call. TJ, TJ, TJ. Girl, I just love you so much. See, I'm acting like your auntie over here. Um, but I love you so much. And as I saw, you know, parts of the news today, and I heard some of the, the female reporters, I said, look at TJ. That's, That's TJ. I'm speaking it into existence. Come on now. Okay. It's out there. It's out there for you. The job is there for you, and God mm-hmm. is going to. Um, you've planted that seed, and it's just continuing to grow. 
but I love you. I love you from the bottom of my heart. I love the dialogue, just, you know, the the open dialogue, the, the communication. You know, it's just refreshing that we can, you know, come together as a people and discuss things like this without people getting offended or, you know, getting outraged about right. things. Like the brother said, you know, he wanted to use some other language, but, you know, he held his composure. Um, right. And, you know, and just people in general, as far as your show, they know the kind-hearted person that you are, the loving person that you are, and they respect you. And I, I just love that. I love that. But you guys continue to be blessed. Have a blessed week. And until next time. All right. Hey, Lou. Um, I want to add with, with Miss Terry, Miss Terry, I'll be for the uh, the. The the black uh, Miss Terry, I want to say thank you for just so encouraging and always speaking life over every situation. I just love it. I mean, I look forward to. I don't know what you're gonna say from week to week, but I thank God for you. uh, You know, speaking it like you do. And um, Janelle, 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 Miss Terry, three times. Janelle, four. I love you, I love you, I love you, I miss you, and I can't wait for you to get back, but I just pray that you're healthy. I've been praying for you, just trust, just know that. But I can't wait for you to get back and, and uh, to and bring that fourth person because, you know, we're we, we holding it down, but, but we will be tighter and tougher with, with that fourth person because that's the way God created it. Um, All right. TJ. The black reporters on the news, yeah, when she said that, I, I just that blessed my heart because I was just telling Becky we need somebody black on that to report because all you hear is the white reporters and 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 most of the time it's always negative and they always go and well the black people rioting we go back to the riot did it never fail they're rioting they're burning stuff you know like do you do you even know what what people's hearts are you know crying out you know and so um, uh, we just need we need us represented in, in that area as well. And um, and I know you're gonna be fair because you got a heart of gold and you're gonna be all right. And now God had two men to call tonight, two married men. They calling and pouring out their hearts and expressing uh, what they've been feeling. And I just think that was so awesome. Thank you guys again. Uh, you know, and uh, they just need. And sometimes people just need you to listen to them, or they just need to be able to vent. You know. Right. And so CJ, you allowed that on your on your show and I, I thank God for you. You the you the biggest um got the biggest heart in the world and I thank you for listening to his Holy Spirit and, and how you uh orchestrated the show tonight. Um, I just want to say happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear Michael, happy birthday to you. That's my, um, he's one of my older brothers, he, he's 61 today, uh, Michael Anthony Taylor. I just want to shout out to him and tell him that I love him so much. He's a kind-hearted person. I posted a, a little acrostic uh, poem. <laughs> Uh, for him on Facebook, and um, and I just want to say, TJ, I want you to just stand strong in the midst of all this, and keep on uh, doing what you what God called you to do, and, and and we'll be looking at you on Channel Seven, Channel Two, Channel Eleven, wherever God want to put you. Yes, uh, it's, amen. It's gonna. <laughs> gonna happen and so things have got to I just want to encourage everyone that things have to break it's got to break and so we just got to endure right now hardness is good soldiers and we got to stand and haven't done all we still got to stand because God he, he's got everything in his hand and more importantly he's going to protect his children thank you very amen. much amen all right amen. Lady.
back next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for just uh, participating in the platform tonight. Um, and, you know, just for always going, you know, with with what I have in mind. <laughs> I never know how it's going to turn out, but this was a phenomenal show tonight. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and, and situations and opinions and everything. So I love you, ladies, and uh, we'll be back next week, all right? Amen. Love you, too. All right. Okay. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. It was the Gleason threesome in the house. And thank you all so much just for uh, allowing, um, you know, for, for participating uh, in the town hall uh, forum tonight. I just, it's, it was too, too um, important to me and for me not to uh, take advantage of, of this opportunity. So um, I thank you for allowing me to, you know, <laughs> um, because this is real life and uh, we, we must uh, address the ills of this world. Uh, we can't hide from it. Um, again, thank you to uh, Denise Green, to my mommy, uh, to JB, and to Brian for calling in and, and um, sharing their thoughts, uh, their uh, you know inner uh, personal um, feelings, uh, for JB being just so transparent and open, and, and Brian as well, um, and just for, for Denise, if I know that's my mom, but um, just for her, for how eloquent uh, she spoke in um, delivering her message as well. I, I love you and thank each and every one of you for tuning in tonight. And um, just, uh, it's going to get better. I, I truly believe that. Uh, we just don't know when. Uh, we don't know how. But as I said at the top of the show, I do believe that there is a man put in place, the uh, Attorney General of Minnesota. Um, he's, he's the right man for the right occasion. And as he said, it's not going to be overnight. Uh, it will take time, and we just have to give them the patience to do what needs to be done and for it, done, for, for it to be done correctly because they do only have one opportunity to get this right. All right. So uh, with that, uh, no birthdays tonight. I did want to give an update. Uh, we did say Derek Chauvin, um, he has now been charged with second-degree manslaughter, and the other uh, three officers, uh, King, Floyd, and Tao, um, they are now being charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder uh, and aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter. All right. So now I'm closing the show a little bit differently tonight, and so I want you all to bear with me because I'm experimenting here, okay? <laughs> but in order to get the true gist of everything of what I need to do, um, I think I need to, to switch up my uh, form here. So bear with me while I get this together. So that I can do this correctly. All right? Hold on one moment. And that's how long Derek Chauvin had his knee on the neck of George Floyd. But now he can breathe. Until next time, be good to others.
gonna come Oh, yes it will 